Welcome to the Let It Fly show, taping live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am Michael Severe, joined by former Jay Josh Jones, following Creighton falling, falling to BYU, 83-80. to Valiant comeback by the Jays, but it wasn't enough. BYU holds on. Jays fall to 6-4. and four. Lots to talk about with this game. Lots to talk about the show overall, but it really was a great fight by the Jays, but right. they just couldn't overcome the offensive rebounds, man. Right, exactly. I mean, we honestly played our game, so to speak, from three today. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't shoot that well from two, man, but yeah. you know what my favorite part of the game was? What? The 10 seconds backcourt call. Oh, that was, that was great press. defense, yeah. Because, I mean, we've watched our, uh, you know, um, the Jays play three times in a row. Yep. And they fell short. In each and every game, I just think aggression is not questioning toughness. It's all about aggression on defense. Yep. So they were, the score was 79-68 with 326 left. Right. Jays then forced five turnovers, including the 10-second violation you mentioned, got to 80-79 to with a lead with 26 seconds left. It comes down to a missed shot by BYU, a putback by BYU to take the lead and then the ball gets shifted over to the corner to Shreve Mitchell. It was just a little short right. for the three. Comes yeah. up short, ends up losing the game. Sometimes the, the fight to come back takes so much out of you to come back. You don't have that finishing kick to finish it. Right. And that's kind of what happened tonight. I mean, it, um, you know, the rebounds. Yeah, rebounds you, incredible. The, the rebounds were incredible. I mean, if you if you look at you it know, was fifty yeah. to twenty nine. That is fifty to twenty nine. It's it's remarkable. And then offensive rebounds, sixteen to four. Man, that's just getting beat hustle wise exactly. on the boards. And that's the thing what that is. is, I know Kaluma fouled out. He did, and he fouled out early too. He fouled out with eight thirty. Excuse me, six thirty two. Right. Got his fourth foul with eight thirty left. Came back in the game, had a turnover, and then fouled trying to get the ball back. And then fouled out with 6.32 to remain. And we mentioned, and uh, we'll say this now off the air. Right. They got no BYU into the penalty early, right? The right. bonus. They had like 11 minutes and 30 seconds left. From there on, Creighton was shooting free throws. You should think, okay, you got it in the bag now. And that's when BYU went on their run. Exactly. Mm. And the thing is, like, you can't really, like, ah, oh, man, it's, it's, just, it's just tough. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just a tough situation. BYU scored 60 points in a game against Utah Valley. They did. And yeah. lost by 15. Yep. Toughness, but yeah. through aggression defensively. Now, I will say, if you don't know, Ryan Kalkbrenner did not play in the game. Right. You're talking about the defending Big East defensive player of the year. So you're missing the guy inside. You understand that. In the first half, BYU shot 50% from the field. Right. 50% from the field. Didn't shoot great from three, but overall they got the ball in the paint. They, again, in the paint they had more points than, than Creighton did by, I think it was 20. You're in the in the paint was, uh yeah, 42 to 24. So 18-point difference in the paint. A big part of that is not having Kalkbrenner. In well, it's, it's, you don't panic. Sure. Like you got the season's not over. No, no, no. We it's are a long way to go. The, the team is six and four. Yep. But it's one of those things where people are excited about this Jays team simply because of the roster. Yeah. And that's from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So do you ask yourself if you coach McDermott? Do you say maybe I got to make adjustments? Not saying that I got to change the starter, but yeah. Maybe kind of balance out some of the starters' minutes or some of the guys yeah. off the bench or things like that. It's like, what do you what do you do? You got to give guys right. a chance. When they had that 10-second call 
uh, backcourt. Uh -huh. The reserves were on the floor, I, I believe, along with uh, Trey Alexander. Yep. It was electrifying. I seen fans standing up from the two-minute mark all the way down until the end. Yep. We made some mistakes and couldn't execute. But, um, you, you know, you, you kind of got to have guys step up. Dude, bench points, 38-8. to eight. Wow. 38. That's depth by BYU. A team that was struggling right. with their depth, with their bench scoring, scored 38 points yeah. on their bench. And, 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 you know, and I'll go back to the same explanation I just made again. you you got to have reserve step up. Yep. you you got to be aggressive defensively. Mm -hmm. We live and die by threes. That's our identity for sure. Yep. Shooters need shots, and we're going to keep on shooting. Yep. We actually shot well, like I mentioned today. 10 of 27 from three is not horrible. Right. 37%. But it's the fight. Yeah. It's like Coach Mack, excellent coach. He and his staff, we went by practice a bit uh, yesterday. Yep. He had them as prepared as they can be. I thought so, yep. There's, it's not on him. Mm -hmm. It comes yep. from within, uh, from the team. Yep. Uh, coming up on a Let It Fly show here taping in Vegas, Michelob Ultra Arena. Another game coming up after us. We are going to have Trey Alexander on the show, the Oklahoma City native. He'll chat about the game with us. We're also going to get into some Nebraska stuff because, of course, the big story this week was defensive coordinator getting hired, offensive line coach being retained. We'll get into that stuff as well. Nebraska played an incredible game today against Purdue. They fell short as well. Creighton lost, Nebraska lost, and Omaha lost. Man. All three of the local teams. Teams fell. Uh, Division One teams fell today. We'll talk about all that as well. But we come back to Vegas. Of course, show also brought to you by Omaha Steaks. We appreciate them being part of this and the Let It Fly Bar, which will be open Memorial Day uh, down in the Capital District as well. Can't so we want to appreciate all. But I can't wait either. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people here today, part of the Let It Fly Sports Bar, talking about it, having fun here in this right. suite. Um, we're looking forward to having it down there. We'll have the the whole little bit, the little pin for us. Yeah, right. Last in <laughs> doing our podcast is when we appreciate. Heard at media for uh, producing this for us, uh, Pat Safford and Sasha Durkin yep. uh, taking care of that as well. But you, you look back at this game overall, and we can talk about hustle, and we can talk about effort and all that stuff. Ar Arthur Kaluma played a great game, coming off a game where he had zero points. Right. He was the offense tonight. You've seen it in his eyes. Mm -hmm. I remember when he uh, came on um, the previous game against Nebraska. Yeah. I seen he took accountability in that moment. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about himself. He stepped up as much as he could. Yeah. He played hard. That's half of the reason why he fouled out. Yeah. I mean, you can always say some calls are questionable on he is a player or maybe the refs, but mm -hmm. I thought Arthur Kaluma played great today. He played only 26 minutes because of the foul trouble, but he was four of seven from three. Yep. And by the way, early, before the game started, we saw him come <laughs> out here warm up twice. They came out the first time just, you know, before everything got started. And then came out a second time. I swear, he only missed like three threes. He was killing he was it before the game. In. He was locked in. Four <laughs> of seven from three, seven eleven from the field. And as right. we mentioned, he had 27 points uh, going to the free throw line 11 times as well and making seven of those. So he played his heart out. And then you don't have Ryan Kalkbrenner, which changes the way you're going to do a lot of things. When you look at not having Ryan Kalkbrenner in the lineup, what's the, what's the biggest other than the defensive side, give me the offensive side. What's the biggest difference in this team when he's on the lineup? Well, when he's not in the lineup, it gives offensive uh, teams when we're on the defensive end yeah. an opportunity to be aggressive to sure. the basket. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned today, the the offense actually the offensive rebound at the end is what put the nail in the coffin. It did. Yep. They put pressure on us. They drove the ball. They they moved the ball around. And they got second-chance points. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not even about hitting shots. All you got to do is get the rebound and yeah. put it back in. What about offensively? How does it change what Creighton does when Carl Printer's not playing? 
Um, offensively, I feel like it gives the guards um, an initial flow. I, I thought that is half of the reason why Kaluma had a, uh, a better game today. Without the presence of Kalkbrenner, it allowed him an opportunity to have more space and flow for himself to see yeah. and gain his confidence back. Yeah. You yeah. know, sometimes yeah. you got to have a yin and yang. And that's nothing against, obviously, Kalkbrenner, uh, but, like, he, he saw he had to step up in some type of uh, manner. Yeah. And without his presence... That's what the results of Columbo competing hard today was for. We also needed uh, Bud Crawford to, to get his fight over with right. early so we could talk <laughs> about it on this podcast. And with about two minutes left in the basketball game, he did it. Six-round knockout. A uh, little uppercut first and then a check hook. Wasn't even a full hook, and he knocked him out. Evasana went down. Um, looked like he was out for a second. Stayed down. Bud wins. Now 39-0. and Man. Um, truly one of the least top three pound-for-pound guys in the world. And now it's Errol Spence Jr. That's what they'll be calling for. But it was nice of Bud to, to end it early for us. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Bud is in a class of his own. Yeah. And, you know, actually watching the fight, I felt like we have to give more credit to David Avenesian mm-hmm. because, I mean, I know people say, oh, who is he? Nobody knows about him. He put up a better fight than what we all expected. Yeah, he did. He did. You so, could, yeah. you know, so kudos to him for sure for doing that. But at the end of the day, before this fight, I was thinking when I woke up this morning, like, I tell you what, it reminds me of an episode of uh, of Martin Lawrence on the Martin Show. Okay, Martin. Yeah, there was an episode where uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns was on. Yeah, and uh, he played cameo, and he was hitting on Gina. Okay. Martin walked in the room and was offended, and he walked up to him and he challenged him to a two round two round fight. What? <laughs> Okay, against Tommy Hearns. Okay. Martin right. Lawrence. The hitman. Yes. Okay. All Martin right. Lawrence ended up looking like he had a thousand bee stings and no Benadryl for the allergic reactions. <laughs> yeah, very All true, types yeah. of lumps on his face. Yeah. I was thinking like, Bud has to go into this ring. Yeah. He has to mop the guy, you know, mop the floor with the guy yeah. and, and, and show Spence just to say, this is what you're going to get. Right. But watching the fight, actually, it shows that it's not just really about Bud being a slow start, starter and downloading things. Mm-hmm. It's just more so, uh, so about that's just his style. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not, like, it's not a bad thing for him to be a slow starter, and I don't think mm-hmm. that'll be his disadvantage against Spence. But what's, what's tough for Bud is, yeah. is that he is measured against his own greatness. Exactly. When guys are great. Oh, like, man. Uh, Michael Jordan's the guy you can always throw around. Yep. And you'd go, oh, dude, he only had 26 tonight. Right. You know, he was only like 11 <laughs> for 30 from the field. And you're like, but you're measuring against greatness. Bud is so good that no matter how well he fights, he's always going to get measured against how good he could be. Yes. Until he fights a big name, and everybody's going to go, he isn't fighting anybody. Until he fights Errol Spence Jr., and, and takes care of him, right? then people will finally give him credit. And he's not the only boxer. I, no. I can go back as far as you want to go to guys who – Larry Holmes, one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time, was constantly talking about, well, he didn't have Frazier to go against, and he didn't have Norton, who he actually beat for the title. He didn't have any of these people in their prime. Well, Bud can only fight who will get in the ring with him. That's and it. everybody that's got – Victor Postal, they said, right. oh, Victor Postal is going to control him with his jab. Did he control him with his jab? No, he did not. No, Every exactly. guy that gets in the ring with Bud, they're like, he's going to do this, he's going to do this. Well, he hasn't. Right. And Bud is always going to be measured against his own greatness, what makes it difficult for him. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think that it's, it's great for Bud. No matter what people say, he stays true to himself. He does. He does. And oh, yeah. that's why I think he'll always be successful. <laughs> he does that's not why, care. <laughs> that's why he came out to my prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> because it is his prior, prior, prerogative, prerogative to do whatever he wants to do. Exactly. Right? He, he didn't want to be anymore with top yeah. rank. He wanted to go on his own. Right. He's trying out this thing. He's supposedly going to get a bunch of money for this pay-per-view. Right. We'll see what it ends up being for him. $10 million is the number that was yeah. thrown out there. But he's doing it his own way. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, and a lot of guys have. 
Um, so Floyd. Floyd did it, obviously did it his own way. Oh, my gosh. Right? Golden, awesome Boy, Golden Boy started his own promotion company so he could keep the money in his house, right? right? So a lot of guys have done it this way. Bud's trying to do it this way to make up for the money he lost out with top rank. But in order to make this fight, yep. and, I, and I think it's really going to happen sometime in February or March of next I year. I say May. You think that long? I think that long. Because that means another six months or well, five months of him sitting yeah, out. Yeah, but after, like, mid-May. Because I did you know, see that Errol Spence had another car accident today. Really? Like he, Yeah, like, I don't think it was a really bad one. But, right. like, somebody... I might have misread this, but it's like his mom's car got stolen, and then he was chasing the guy and hit him. Or I don't. Man. Maybe I misread that, but that's yeah. what I was seeing today. Yeah, I, I hope everything's okay with yeah, Spence. Yeah. But I hate when things happen building up to the fight because that's anything to fuel an excuse. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, I, I, we don't want any excuses at all. I hope he's all right, though. If if that is the case. Yeah. So he apparently survived another car crash. Uh, he was on Instagram Live saying he's okay. Yeah. Uh, he says he was hit by a 14-year-old who ran a red light. Wow. Yeah, which that 14-year-old shouldn't be driving yeah, right. based off of the laws. Oh, my. But a 14-year-old ran a red light. He's okay, though. So that's good, that's good to know because that, yeah. that last accident he had was, right. was very scary. So we got Bud Crawford winning. Yeah, was it a six-round check hook? See, yeah, he caught him. It was First, it was like a little mini uppercut, which I think that's what stunned him. Yeah, I was and trying to multitask. Check, and, then the, and then the check hook took him out. Right. Um, that's one of... Bud's best punches. Yeah. Because it's so quick. It's not a fault, but he's had heavy hand. He's a heavy-handed he dude. Is. Like, he, if he is. just, if you hug him and he pats you or he just, he's just a heavy-handed guy. No, you he People like that. No, exactly. And that's what he is. You know? Exactly. And, and he's got the long arms. Yeah. And because of that, with his weight, he is, he'd be able to check, keep you away from him and everything. But, yeah, Bud's a, Bud's just an excellent fighter, man. There's yeah, no other way to sure. say that. Yeah, shout out to Omaha. Yeah. Shout out to Bud. Congrats to the champ. Yeah. And everybody says it was a good crowd there. Yeah, for it sure. It was a really nice crowd there. Uh, again, coming up on the show, we're going to chat with Trey Alexander. We'll get him up here. We're up in the suite yep. in the Michelob uh, Ultra Arena. Um, and we had an earlier game. Cal State Fullerton lost to Southern Utah. Now we got another game coming up after this. Right. And I think we need to be done before that because yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can be doing this yeah, while they're doing the game. Get us out of here in the suite. This is, uh, yeah. this is a brand new tournament they're doing. Uh-huh. And it's it's interesting because, you know, not a lot of big-name teams. Yeah. Obviously, Creighton's ranked, and they'll probably stay ranked now. BYU's not. Arizona State, we know what they do under Bobby Hurley. Um, but then you got, like, a Southern Utah and a Utah State. Yeah. Not really big-name. Across town, yeah. they had uh, Arizona. What was I it? Seen a lot of Indiana, Indi- Indiana and Arizona, yeah, yeah right. Uh, big teams there. Right. But it's a it's it's a cool little tournament. They're hoping yeah. to keep doing this. Yeah. I thought it was the JJ Hoop Fest. I thought it was for you, man. <laughs> oh my god, I thought it was yeah. for you. Yeah, somebody said uh, the name Jones, and I was like, I'm not doing anything. It's not doing it. I wish. <laughs> it you know, said, it said hashtag JJ Hoop Fest. I was like, right. well, that's obviously Josh Jones Hoop Fest. That's <laughs> what that is. So yeah. we'll talk to uh, Tyson Alexander once he gets up here. Um, no, Trey Alexander. Excuse me. You know, I, I always Tyson, do that in my I mind. Feel you. I, I feel always you. think. Yeah. That way, uh, obviously, yeah. Tyshawn's in the league, right? And Trey Alexander's here. Didn't have a awesome game, um, but you know he played hard. Yeah. He got to the free throw line. Trey Alexander did twelve times, right? Ten of twelve from the free throw line. And when you you know this, you're not get your shots not going in. Get to the line and Take that's free what, and that is what we've been preaching about him. Yep. he's somebody who I appreciate because he's a stat packer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I looked at his high school stats. Yeah, and he was a twenty-plus scorer every year, but also almost uh, also almost a double-double guy, along with steals. I'm talking about two yeah. to four. Oh wow! Like I mean, with his frame and with yeah. his, with his with his motor, he's long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you, with a loss like this, I mean, it was great that he came along at the end offensively to keep us tight and keep us in it. Yeah. But I feel like he's the guy that can be accountable to set the tone for that aggression that I was talking about defensively. He ended up having four assists. One steal, 
He had three rebounds. We mentioned we had, he had 17 points, yeah. 12 of which came through the free throw line. But if you're not getting your shot off, you go to the free throw line, get your points. Now, Billy Shireman only had 13, didn't shoot well, 3 of 11. He only got the free throw line six times, so he was 5 of 6. Ended up with, like I said, 13 points. But we mentioned the bench. Um, really nothing off the bench. Eight points off the bench. Right. Makes it tough. And the thing was, um, even like when the bench was in the game at, at that point when they did the press and they got that 10 seconds, yep. it doesn't even – we want the bench to step up, but if we just keep that intensity throughout the whole game, yep. we don't even have to press right. as a team. I mean, Creighton can just honestly just put pressure and slow the tempo down and then, uh, you know, more so just be aggressive with active hands on the ball as it's playing half court. I don't care how many times and how old I get. When someone says be aggressive, I just want to spell it. I'm just like, you know, I mean, I just, I have so many cheerleaders over the years with the be aggressive, be aggressive. But, yeah, you're right. It's, there was a time, and I even tweeted this out, like, I think it was still in the first half. Yeah. Where I said they're winning all the hustle points. Every you one know, of because them, Because I remember when I, when I was growing up, I used to go see Tulane play, a little, little Fogelman or Green Arena, a little tiny arena okay, in New Orleans. Okay. And they had a hustle board. Oh, so wow. they, had, they had the regular scoreboard and a hustle board. And the hustle board always had, like, block shots, steals, um, like they had burns. It was like getting on yeah, the floor. Yeah. And they had them all marked yeah. down. And that's what they were doing. I they were getting we, on the floor. Uh, yeah. And I, and, I, and I only say we to the people out there. No, I understand. You played there, dude. You just honestly say we. It's, it's hard not to yeah. say we because, um, you know, I was, I was once in the locker room. Yeah. But just objectively speaking, Creighton needs to be aggressive. Yep. Yeah, especially against Arizona State's coming in. They're 9-1. and one. Now, their overall stats aren't great. They haven't played a lot of great teams, yeah. but they are 9-1. and one. And I don't – you think they'll have Cockburner? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, um, just, just, you know, just seeing him yesterday, I feel like he was doing better. Yeah. Uh, not well enough to come back. I yeah. mean, anytime you, you, you know, you – you going through any type of sickness or whatever? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for your immune system. You want to get a yeah. you want to get a weakened condition and at least to come back. Yeah, and there's sometimes and there's some conditions. We're not trying to give anything away, but there's some conditions right. where you can't physically play exactly because your organs could be damaged by what you're doing. So I'm just saying exactly. that's a possibility. Right. Um, but like he, you know, obviously was at practice, yep. kind of standing off to the side. High spirits though. Yeah, they need. I mean, they need him back yeah, for Arizona sure. State. What do you What do you think about uh, uh, Freddie King today on his first start? Now listen. So he only had four points. Scored actually the first two points of the game. Yeah. But he was an intimidating force when he was in there. Right. Blocking shots. Yep. Making people alter their shots. Um, he's just so raw. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's I, really raw. He's just one of those guys where you really can't look at his stats. I mean, any it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking when you get that big start like that for yep. the first time. You got to look at his effort. And I feel like he played as hard as he could. I mean, obviously he made some errors just, you know, just off of him not being comfortable in that consistent starting position. Yeah. But it's a lot. It's, the, the ceiling is high. It's a lot to build off of. He's very athletic. Yep. He's a dog. He plays hard. Yeah. And I think he can also be that guy that can set the tone aggressively. Now, plus minus is not the end all be all. We know that. Yes. We know that. But <laughs> so Frederick King was only in the game 18 minutes. Right. His plus minus was minus 16. Oh. Yeah. So your other ones were. Farabella was minus nine, and Mason Miller was minus eight. So essentially, your normal guys on the bench, coming off the bench, yeah. were really bad, plus minus wise. Um, he had three block shots, King did, but he altered probably three or four other ones. Yeah. Um, and again, scored the four points. I, I can, you can see in a year down the, you know, and I know he's not gonna shoot a three like him, but I, I always remember when Anthony Tolliver got here. Yeah. Anthony Tolliver got here, um, and I mean, I thought of, he wasn't, 
didn't like he was in the greatest of shape when he first got here, right? Yeah. He didn't like to me. Um, and I remember going out to the trail, which is not too far from my house, and watching him run during the offseason. Really? This was a guy that was out there running on the trail. There's a little trail coming up from Alex Arbin. Okay. And he'd be out there, and he'd run, he'd run, and run. I'd see him out there sweating. I'd be riding my bike past him. And by his second year... He was running up and down the court. Yeah. Then he started hitting threes. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, whoa look at this. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, he made a, what, a 13-year career out of yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm not saying Frederick King's going to be that, but we have seen in this program yeah. big men develop. For sure. So yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where some guys' DNA is hard work. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. that is Freddie King to me when I see him. Yeah. Hard work. You had uh, – I mentioned BYU coming into the game. Yep. They were without one of their better starters. Now, they've been without him for five games now. Yep. Um, and so he was one of the leading scorers, Spencer Johnson, when he went out. But BYU was averaging 15 turnovers coming in this game, which is not good. No. And they ended up turning the ball over 20 times. So they didn't get away. Nest- they didn't shoot the ball great. Yep. Creighton shot better than they had shooting, for- shooting from three. BYU they- also struggles to guard the uh, three-point line anyway. Yeah, all of those things yeah. they did. So it really wasn't any of the main numbers. It was purely offensive rebounds. rebounds. Yeah, which is Get on crazy. the board, man. Get exactly. on the board. That's, that's what the difference in this game was. And you look at Nimhart, who played his heart out, yeah. flying all over the place, diving on the ground. In terms of bench points, and we mentioned only eight points, who is the, the person off the bench you think needs to step up the most? Good question. And eventually it will be Frederick King because he won't be starting when Kalkbrenner is in the starting lineup. But yeah. outside of maybe Frederick King, who do you need to step up? Um, Sharif Mitchell. There's no doubt about that. Sharif, I yeah. just got to keep it real. I mean, he's a third-year player now. Third, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. you're a seasoned vet. Mm-hmm. You are you actually do play hard defensively. Oh, there's no doubt. He's a great defender. You know, but, yeah. but when things like – how should I put it? I feel like Sharif always is going to bring his uh, uh, best effort defensively. Mm-hmm. He's always going to try to execute the offense. We need him to drive to the back to some and get to the free throw line, too. I like to see that. He only played seven minutes. Yeah, and, and, and you got a question, well, like, what is it, what is it too? Is it, is it due to lack of off offensive production in moments? You yeah. know, is it due to, um, like, I just, just got to kind of question. the same amount of minutes as Schultzberg, Ben did. Same yeah. amount of minutes. They both had seven minutes. Neither one of them scored. They both were 0 for 2 from the field. Yeah, and so to me, I feel like Sharif being a seasoned vet, yeah. just being a vet alone, yeah. you got to take more accountability. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, bash him by any means at all. No, I know, man. You know? It's, it's, but he's it's very true. capable. Yeah, we know and he so is. So I got to hold him yeah. to that standard. We, we've seen him Sharif be Mitchell. good offensively. Right. Not necessarily shoot the three, but like you said, get yeah, to the sure. rack, maybe get fouled. For sure. Um, he's a good finisher. He's always yeah. been a good finisher at the for rack. For sure. So. And it's one of those things where yeah. if even if you don't take the shot, you can penetrate. Yep. And you can cl- have uh, the defenders collapse and kick. Yep. I mean, Baylor Shireman is a great shooter. Great, yep. yep. And, and those driveway jump shots. Yeah. You know, those can be key. Yeah. But he just got to make more happen. The thing that I think um, um, that I like about when I think about Nimhart, you spoke about him a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. It was- Every time he has the ball, he puts pressure on the defense mm-hmm. offensively. It's like he almost always tries to get a paint touch. It's not like he's looking to get his shot, but he makes the defense stop him before he makes a, a, yeah. a, a, reacti- a reactive play. He only had uh, 11 points, but he had seven assists. See what I'm saying? And five rebounds. You see what I'm saying? Well, and, and, and Sharif is very capable. We've seen him do it. And I know he's been through thing. a lot of adversity. You know he was injured for sure. Yep. Um, 
and for him to come back and be able to play now, yeah, right. you know, and do it at a high level, yeah. I, I, I commend him. Yeah. But the accountability as yeah. a as a seasoned vet, man, you got to step up. Let me tell you, as a guy who was injured a lot yeah. in my life, a guy who's going to be having knee replacement surgery next week, when you have a groin injury like yeah. he had, yeah. it's always – because I mean, I've been injured a lot. Man. I've broken bones. I've yeah. torn ligaments. i tore my shoulder up. When you have that groin injury, it's always like you know if I take the wrong step, it can yep. happen again. And it gets in your mind. I'm not saying that's hurting him right now. Yeah. But groin is one of the worst injuries you could have. I know. And you can't really do anything when you yeah. have the groin injury. And, yeah. And, so, I, and I've talked to Sharifa about yeah. that. Yeah. It was all psychological, it too. It is. It really is. Because you, you just – you can tweak it, but then you can pull it. Yeah. If you come back too early, so many things about it. And that's what he ended up doing last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing um, that I'll say also about Sharif is this. Um, he's obviously showing Coach Mack something because Coach Mack has kept him in the same position yeah. in that lineup and rotation right. because he believes in him. Right. And I feel like that just shows that it's okay to put that ceiling high for Sharif yeah. because you've seen him do it before. Yeah. And we believe in him for sure, and uh, he just has to step up. We're hoping to get Trey Alexander up here to chat with him about the game. But in the meantime, big news from this week was Tony White, new defensive coordinator under Matt Rule, comes from Syracuse. Um, the big debate now is – It's a trick bag, bro. 3-3-5 three, three, <laughs> yeah. and what works or what doesn't work. So I was, now I was in New Mexico when Rocky Long was in New Mexico, and uh -huh. Rocky Long is one of the true originators of the 3-3-5. Three, three, he didn't okay. invent it, but he modified it and did a lot of things. Yeah. And what I always tell people is don't worry about whatever the name of the defense is. Right. Because in football – especially when you live in Nebraska schedule, you have to stop, stop multiple times of offense, right? Yeah. So, like, for example, you play in Oklahoma. Uh -huh. It's going to spread you out fast, maybe not that big, not right. that physical. Yep. You're also in the same season. You have to play a team like Michigan. Big, physical, and running right at you. Right. Play a team like Purdue. Again, wants to spread it out against you. Then you're going to play Minnesota. So you got to play a bunch of different ones. Yep. The 3-3-5 three, three, is just what they call their base. Okay, that's just their base. So it's like a zone. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a zone. Okay. So what they do is it's a third guy who is essentially a safety. You can call him a rover. At New Mexico, they call okay. him a Lobo. Okay. Okay. At San Antonio, okay. Okay. At San Diego State, they call him an Aztec. I understand. Here, they might call yeah. him, I don't know, a Husker. But So <laughs> yeah. you got that rover position. And what you do is those guys all move together. Yeah. When, when you got like two wide receivers, you're two by one, you move one of those safeties over, and then the rover comes with them. It allows you to be able to be very versatile. Here's the thing you have to have. Above everything else, yes, whoever's playing Rover, and that's going to be a good discussion on who it becomes uh, from Nebraska's roster now. But you got to have two good, good defensive tackles. Yeah, those defensive tackles will sometimes be head up over the center, so that nose tackle is okay. there. Sometimes they'll be a bare front, which is over the center and the two guards. And sometimes they're going to be all the way over yeah. to the strong side and allow your pass rusher to be free to the other. So we're going to see all kinds of things. Yeah, on at when it's third and two in the game. Yeah, Josh, we're not going to see. What we would see on first and ten. Right. Trust me. This guy, let me show you what he's done. So he came to Syracuse. The defense was horrible. Uh -huh. The best defense they had at Syracuse under the current coaching staff okay. was 98th. Wow. Here's what he did last year in his fourth year. They allowed 3.335 points per play. It's a much better yeah. metric, yeah, yeah, in my yeah, opinion, no, I, I, than just saying, here's how many points a game, exactly. right? Yeah, points right. Because some teams go really, really fast, yep. and they have 80 points, yep. 80 plays, and some other have 60. So I like it that way. Yep. Now, that's versus FBS. I always take the FCS schools out. That's 38th in the country. Yep. They went from not being in the top 100 the majority of the years to being 38. 30. 30 yeah, 30-something. 30 yeah, Giving 38. up 40 point, 4.9 yards per play. 
okay? That ranked 29th. So now you're top 30 yeah. in a stat involving scoring. And you were once 98th. And you were once either 98th or in yeah. the 100s. And this is the thing about it, though. So I was kind of trying to look into it myself. Yep, yep. And... One of the things that I I guess he calls it the mob defense. Yeah, yeah. And it's like unpretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. What you want? What's a mob do? A mob yeah. doesn't beat you at one guy. Right. They gang a up on you. A mob is a collective. Exactly. Yeah. And so the thing is, with the circumstances of the Huskers, yep. it's almost like our fans could. I feel like our fans are a little bit torn. It's like cool story, bro. Because he's not a big, it's not a Deion Sanders. Well, you know, it's yeah. not one of those. Yeah. But yeah. credit to Matt Rule, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's obviously seen it before mm-hmm. when he was probably at UCLA or something like that, you know? Yeah, well, he this kid played at UCLA. Okay. But he didn't play when Matt Rule was there. Okay. But, so this is what happens. You want to get guys who come from the origination of something. Makes sense. He was there at the beginning of the 335 as a player. Right. Then later, Rocky Long was like, hey, you want to come coach with me? He went and coached at two different places with yeah. Rocky Long. Then he goes to Syracuse okay. because the head coach wanted somebody from Rocky Long's coaching tree. In, in the original culture. He wanted that guy. Understood. And he said, Tony White, you're my guy. Right. He brought Tony White in who had never called a defensive defense before and said, I'm giving it all over to you. And he turned it around. Against the past, yeah. they were 24th last year. Yeah. And against the run, they were 54th. That's not horrible. Yeah. When you're really good at one, yeah. the other one's going to always drop yeah. off. If people can't throw against you, they're just going to try to run against you right. more. And so he was pretty good overall. Yeah. This is Here's the funny thing about this. When you go back and look at some of the best years, Nebraska's defense, as yep. I mentioned earlier, okay. .335 points per play yep. is what Syracuse gave up in the ACC last year. The last time Nebraska had that good of points per play, was 2009. Wow. When they led the nation yeah. at .149. Yeah. None of Bo's other defenses were that low. Yeah. Banker's best was right there. Yeah. And Chin's best, which was last year, was right there as well. But this is as good, yeah. at least when you're talking about points per play, right. as they've had yeah. since Bo early on. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's something to get excited about. It is. I think I, so. I mean... I know it's I know it's the Big Ten. Yeah. I get that. Exactly. Trust me. He will adjust yeah. to what he has to for do sure. in the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, that was yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. And so no, I mean everything you said kind of put it in perspective for me. I never was against it. I just I just thinking from a perspective of uh the Husker Faithful. Yes. I know he's not as you know, That's prominent, like name. I said. Right. But at the end of the day, yeah. you got to give him a chance. Well, they wanted Jim Leonard. Yeah. They right, wanted yeah. Jim Leonard, yeah. who decided last week <laughs> yeah. that he was going to leave. Well, actually, I think it was Thursday, yeah. where he said, I'm not going back to Wisconsin. Right. I'll coach the bowl game and go somewhere else. I was like, well, maybe we'll get Jim Leonard, who is a pretty good defensive coordinator. That's yeah. what they thought. Yeah. Um, but you know what? You're not going to always get what you want. No, exactly. The guy. They, so I asked people on Twitter, okay. because I mentioned the Lobo or the Rover position. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I said, who do, you, who do you think? Would, that's on the roster now would uh-huh. fit that position. I gave him a couple examples. When I was at New Mexico, the lower position was Brian Erlacher, Okay. who's a big dude. Right? Of he was about 235 at the time while he was beast. there. Yes. Run, could run, could play. This is a guy, this is how athletic Brian Erlacher was. Okay. On offense, when New Mexico got in the red zone, they played him at tight end. Yeah. Late in games when he needed a big play, they put him back to return punts. That's ridiculous, exactly. bro. <laughs> I was at a game where he blocked the punt, returned a punt, and caught a touchdown in the same game. That's crazy. He's crazy. So I asked, you know, who's the guy on the roster now you think could be the guy to play the rover position? Okay. And I threw out a guy like Jake Jake, Jake Applegate, yeah. who is a very good athlete. Yeah. Played offense and defense in high school. People are saying like Jaleel Martin okay. and Javon Wright. You got two guys who are both long yeah, right. and very athletic. Now, Martin 
I'm almost afraid for that guy to be starting in the defense. He talks so much yeah. on special teams. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried that if he got on defense, yeah. he would have all kind of special yeah. teams, right. all, all kind of um, personal files. Yeah. Um, Seth Malcolm is an interesting guy. He yep. was an eight-man player yep. who was very a- athletic. Yep. Phelan Sanford, who is a great athlete. Yep. Not as long as I would like at that position. Um, but a bunch of different guys on here. Javin Wright is one of the most consistent ones in terms of what people said. Um, yeah, another guy saying again, that's Buddha Wright, yeah. who, is, who is long. He's about 6'3", but got really long yeah. arms. Really good athletes, been injured a lot. But there's a lot of guys. There's yeah. a lot of guys who could fit and, in this system. And as you're naming that, it's like, look at the potential yeah. that Tony White has mm-hmm. with the defense that he's bringing in. Yep. I'm excited. The only question mark is, and you've already lost most likely Ernest Hausman, yeah. who's a runaround tackle guy, which is great. Uh, now, you did – now. You're probably, I think you're going to lose Garrett Nelson. I don't know. Yeah. So that's one of your pass rushers. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis is going to leagues. You lose your other one. Yeah. And then you thought you were going to lose Jamari Butler, but Jamari Butler changed his mind, got back out of the portal. He's coming. Yeah. So that's good. Here's the thing. I mentioned those two defensive tackles. Your two other guys, they're not necessarily rush-ins, they're not necessarily outside linebackers, yeah. but they're your two outside guys. Right. Sometimes they're a big defensive lineman side yep. guy. Sometimes they are an outside linebacker yep. who's like yep. 215. Yep. I don't think that Garrett Nelson's that yeah, guy. He can't drop. Yeah, yeah. I, I think don't Jamari know. Yeah. Butler can, right. yeah. but you're going to have to get more people in here. The other guy you have is is Gunderson, Blaze Gunderson. Yep. I don't know if Blaze, he's a 6'5", 250. Okay. I don't know if he quite fits into that, but you're, he's going to have to kind of rebuild his front. Yeah. I think the linebackers can play. Yeah. I think his front's going to have to rebuild a little now, bit. Now, will he – do you think that he would just roll with who already had the spot from last season? I think all spots are open. I think oh, I think, he, I think Nash Hutmacher is a guy yeah. – maker, excuse me – who – when they're lining up yeah. with that tackle right over the nose, right yeah. over the center, I think he's good there. And that's good. all you got to do is give push. Now, next to him, yeah. I think there's a variety of guys who could be yep. next to him, but that's if they're not going to get somebody to the portal, that's the place they got to build. Understood. they got to build make a lot of line. Yep. 100% make a lot of sense. 100% make a lot of sense. And then on the other side of the line of scrimmage, the offensive line. Yep. You thought people were mad about Tony White. Oh, my God. You're they, talking about They keep Donovan, <laughs> Donovan Rayola. Rayola. Which, <laughs> if there was a position that was weak on the team, it was the offensive line. Let, let me, let he me, was the coach. Let me just help you out and yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. why they kept him. Okay, tell me. This is my theory. Okay. Dylan Rayola. Well, I think that's the theory, man. So it, Dylan Ryle committed to Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, Scott Frost and them kind of screwed that all up, right? <laughs> and I think it was a good chance. He was good. Now, he's yeah. committed to Ohio State, though. Yeah. Does he break that commit to come to Nebraska? I mean. I mean, it's a good idea. I mean, not, not in a sense. I mean, not to cross over to different sports. Doug McDermott was at Northern Iowa. Yeah. And he came. With his dad, though. Right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Matt, yeah, yeah. Matt Rule was his pops. <laughs> now, this yeah, is his right. uncle. Yeah. This is his uncle, so, yeah, maybe. This, I think I think it had more to do with right. cohesiveness. Okay. Okay, you don't bring anybody back from the old right. staff. Right. I think you have to have some stability. Yeah. And he's your stability guy. Yeah. And I also think, so... Towards the end of the year, yeah. when we were talking whether or not Mickey Joseph should come back or not, uh-huh. people kept saying, you can't judge Mickey Joseph with this roster. Yeah. I say, can you really judge Donovan Rayola with this offensive line? I agree, because he really didn't get a shot, because they, he was kind of doomed from the beginning with the leadership the of uh, that, too. I mean, he had Look, talent. He, he, he had transfers yep. and injured players. He did. He never yep. had an opportunity yeah. to uh, get things going. Now, you had a guy like Bryce Benhart's been here, I think, four years. Right. I believe Turner Corcoran's been here four years as well. Yep. You had a six-year guy 
another six-year guy. You were obviously missing Teddy Prohaska, who would have been a starter. Yep. You were missing um, the kid from that transferred in from Colorado State, who ended up uh, Nuoli, who was uh, out for the whole season because he used performance enhancing yep, drugs. Yep, yep. So you're missing your left tackle, your left guard. Yep. So if they would have had that, maybe it's a different story. Yeah. I like Donovan Rayola. I yeah. think Donovan Rayola can be a young. Here is why I, I think mean, he kept him. I'm gonna tell you why I think he caught. Okay. Him. Yeah. The, the, the Dylan Rayola idea is great, but I think it's because. There's a lot of principles that Matt Rule likes from the NFL. Yeah. And Don Mariola spent most of his career in the NFL, and that's the blocking schemes he has, and right. that's what he knows. And I think he looks at that and he goes, I got a young coach yeah. who I can help mold and groom, right. who understands the, the blocking principles I want from the NFL. Yeah. That's why he kept him. He likes having younger coaches. Right. Because he wants to be a part of it. And older coaches sometimes, if you're constantly sticking your nose in there as the head coach, they get annoyed. Yeah. Don't always be coming in my meetings. That's Don't true. Be in my room. That's true. A young coach maybe doesn't say the same thing. But the thing is, like, I mean, but if you look at things like there wasn't, the, the line wasn't physical. Nope. The lack of reads on defense. Yep. The pass blocking. You can say so much more. Mm -hmm. From the eye test of last year. Yep. I'm not going to lie. I was shocked. Mm -hmm. But well, A lot of people were. But, I yeah. mean, I always make this joke. It's like 51st dates every time I watch a Husker game, man. <laughs> I'm going to give them a chance. Memory-wise? Yeah. Because <laughs> short-term memory loss? I'm going to give them a chance, bro. Certainly a possibility. And yeah. I, and I think when you look ahead, obviously the portal is going to be big for everybody, right? Yeah. Um, there's a couple positions. I think you need more wide receivers. And hopefully True. you get a guy who's a legacy. Right. Keegan Johnson who comes yep. in. Um, you're probably going to need another running back. Yep. Um, and you're certainly going to need offensive and Offen defensive yeah, line. Yeah, right. So right. that's where you got to be. If you look at the transfer portal in the Big Ten. I mean, how many, how many young men are hopping in the portal? Like a thousand. Right. But just in terms of the Big Ten, and this is from Husker Online yeah. on 3 Network, Maryland had the most in the Big Ten so far. They have 14 wow. into the portal. Wisconsin had 12. Now okay. They obviously lost their coach, yeah, lo too, yeah, lost their coach. Their, yeah, right. So that makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, Nebraska had 11. Now it's 10 because yep. Jamari because Butler came back. back. Yep. Right. So they were their third most. And then you have Indiana. Yeah. And then you have Iowa with eight. Keegan yep. Johnson probably being the biggest one there. Yeah. Um, so in Minnesota with seven. Um Northwestern only seven. It makes sense. Michigan State with six. Yeah. Rutgers is six. Penn State is five. But you know what? It's funny. You look at these teams. The best best records. Penn State won ten games. Yep. Ohio State obviously, obviously. is in the playoff. Yep. Only gave up four. Yep. Illinois didn't, but they had a really good season. Only have three. Yep. Uh, Michigan with three. Purdue's going to have more because of that coaching change with Jeff Brown, but they only have three as well. But you look at where Nebraska is. Yeah. They're basically tied for third in terms of numbers of kids in the portal. And maybe that's why Jamari Butler is coming back. I think so. I mean, yeah. if you honestly think, I think about O'Shawn it. I think Mathis saying he was going. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and uh, Caleb Tanner uh, also going, uh, going too. You right, know, right. I feel like he probably had, a, had uh, an epiphany. And I got to say good for him because yeah, yeah, yeah. he honestly – has gotten better He's every come a year. Long He's way. come a long way, man. Yeah. And he was he was light when yes. he got here. And yeah. for the fact that yeah. like he sees the optimism of coming back, mm -hmm. I think he'll do well this year. I do too. And obviously still parts of the coaching staff to be hired. Yeah. Uh, the rumor was for a couple of weeks that Jake Peets, oh, okay. former Husker, who had been with a lot of good programs, he'd been at LSU. Uh, yeah. Um, and they thought maybe after the firing at LSU of Ed Ogeron, he ended up being uh, at the Rams, yep. the offensive side of the ball. Yep. And we thought maybe he would then, you know, yep. end up coming to Nebraska. Well, he's not. He's yeah. actually going to stay there with the Rams, which makes sense. I mean, he's under a good offensive coordinator. Right. So, you know, he get to learn a little bit there. But um, he's not coming to Nebraska, so they still have to figure out what they're going to do quarterback, coach-wise, yeah. and other ones. 
Come on, sit down. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we got um, there's a lot of work no, still to be done with that, uh, and we'll talk more about that when we. Uh, but our guest is here now, Trey Alexander, joining us, guard for the, My great, guy. the Blue Jays. <laughs> How you doing, man? How you think you played tonight? Yeah, uh, I didn't play. Hold on a second. Let's get your. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. I tried to make a couple of plays down the stretch to try to get my team back in it since Art was, you know, he had fouled out. fouled out at that point. But, I mean, I just tried to play to win, so I'm not really worried about the shots going in or out. I'm still going to shoot the ball regardless because yeah. I put in the rep. So, I mean, I didn't shoot the best, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, and I was kind of saying that before you came up here. you somebody I call a stat packer, man, like all the way back to high school. I mean, your points is always there. Yeah. Rebounds steals, assists, like, that's what you do. I mean, how do you feel like, ultimately, like, do you think you could have done better, or do you feel like you left it all on the floor? Uh, I definitely feel like I left it all on the floor. Uh, I feel like there's always, like, points where people can make shots and stuff like that, but in terms of giving out my effort, I feel like I gave yeah, out every single, I respect that. every single thing I could give out there tonight, but I mean, it was just a couple of plays down the stretch that didn't go our way, and I mean, we had a chance to kind of expand the game in the first half, and I feel like that's when we kind of relaxed, and that's yeah. when they kind of took advantage of it. So, Trey Alexander joining us here on Let It Fly Show. You were down 11, with yeah. about three and a half left, and you guys put the press on them. You talk about what you were doing defensively there, forced a 10-second and five turnovers. Yeah, we were just trying to speed them up. Uh, we were trying to deny, you know, cause a couple turnovers and then try to just get some plays downhill early in the shot clock and that's what we did so I mean we really just if we would have played like that the whole 40 I feel like the outcome would have been different but I feel like at the end of the game we played with a lot more grit and will to win so mm-hmm. what do you think the identity of this team is the reason why I ask that is because um we know yeah you know we can shoot we know we bucket getters but like what do you think the identity of the team is like right now at this point yeah. versus who you thought you were when the season first started uh i feel like right now even though that the season is going the way that we want to that we wanted to go i feel like we just have a group of guys that want to win i feel like we're winners i feel like we play hard i feel like at the end of the day regardless of the outcome everybody is going to give 100 percent out on the floor and then we'll look at the score later but like i said i feel like everybody on our team plays hard and is willing to play their role yeah okay yeah, Clark Brenner was out tonight, obviously. Um, I understand how he impacts you guys yeah. defensively. How does your offense change when he's not in the lineup? Uh, we have to space out the court a lot more. Uh, Art playing the five, we mm-hmm. tried to get him the mismatch that he wanted with them playing big. He looked good, bro. Yeah, yeah he did. And, that, and, I mean, as you've seen, like last year in the Kansas game, he was kind of able to take advantage of that. So, I mean, the, the court opens up for everybody else when Clark Brenner's not in the game. But at the same time, I mean, Man shooting like seventy something percent from the field, yeah, and averaging like sixteen yeah. points. So <laughs> right. you got to kind of take it and give what you what you can. So right. I mean, but it, the, the court opened up a lot of a lot for everybody else. But you know, we kind of we definitely missed a big fella tonight for sure. Do you think um, personally? I feel like uh, I just don't think y'all like playing hard as you guys can defensively. Yeah. Do you feel the same? I do feel the same. I feel like there's a couple instances where like. We catch ourselves playing hard, but we're playing hard, like, in the wrong area. Like, we're getting over the ball screen, but then we're, like, leaving the shooter. Or yeah, we're getting, yeah, like, that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I feel like it's just little mishaps like that that are kind of getting us in these situations, which are actually the difference in a one-point game yeah. and, like, us winning the game. So, yeah. so you, you dropped three. Knowing, just hearing you talk and just knowing you, like, outside of 
just right here on this podcast, yeah. like, I know the confidence is still there. What is Coach Mack's temperament for for the team? Is it like eggshells? Is it like what's the vibe like leading up to this to this point before you guys drop today? Yeah, um, Coach Mack is a very composed coach. Uh, he definitely believes in us. He and he gives us that. He gives us a feel of like. We can play better, but we have to go out there and do the things that we need to do to control the things that we can control. I mean, shots aren't always going to fall. He tells us that all the time, but he tells us, like, at the end of the game, like, we have to know that we play harder than the other team. Yeah. And we hate to control the things that we can control. And I feel like in this game, uh, we didn't really control the backboards like we wanted to, and that was the difference in the game. And, I mean, that was a big emphasis coming into this game. So, I mean, we had the right game plan. We just didn't follow through with it. Alexander joining us, guard from the Jays. Let me ask you how you developed from your first year to your second year. Yeah. The best part of your game in terms of improvement from your first year to the year? Uh, I would just say my confidence. Uh, I feel like last year uh, when I had more pressure on me, when I had to have the ball in my hands, that's when I kind of played my best. And this year coming into a role of having to kind of feel a lot of offensive holes in the in the offense, I feel like that's when I kind of play my best is just the confidence area. And me, you know, knocking down the three better this year, a lot better. Uh, almost like doubled the percentage that I shot last year. So, I mean, I, it, it's really just been the work this offseason and me trying to just take my game to that next level confidence-wise and kind of helping space out the offense. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with this. I was going to ask, like, as I watch you, I feel like, I'm not going to say you hadn't been yourself. Yeah. I'm not one when I look at you. If, if, your, if your offensive points is not there, I, that to me, that doesn't ex, uh, speak to, like, the value, what you do across the board. Yeah. Do you feel like in the spurt of this last three games, do you feel like you hadn't been yourself, or do you think you, the team and you are just in this slump? Uh, I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say I haven't been, in, been myself on the offensive end. I feel like there's – Definitely a way that I can play better on the offensive end for sure. But, yeah. I mean, like any other player, when, when you're having a slump, you get in the gym, and that's what I've been doing. It's, shots just aren't falling. That's just what it is right now. And, yep. I mean, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing outside of the game or anything like that. My preparation is still there. I'm still shooting just as many shots as I was but when I was playing good in the first six games. So, I mean, I'll take, I'll take a lot of – a lot of uh, backlash for this yeah, for, for, sure. the, for yeah. this uh, slump that we're in, but yeah, respect. I mean, like it, it's a lot on me because I'm one of the leader on the team, but it's just like I put a lot on me, so that's just what it is. Yeah, it's a business trip, obviously, but you are in Vegas. You yeah, guys do anything fun? Are they, are they yeah, taking you guys, it, we, taking you guys anywhere? <laughs> uh, we haven't done anything so far. I saw you guys practice yesterday. You just went yeah. back to the, yeah. the hotel. Yeah, we all just went back to the hotel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me. I mean, I'm just worried about getting back yeah, in the W sure. column. Yeah, like, right. I mean, we can go to Vegas anytime we want to in the off season and stuff like that. But right now, in the middle of the season, like we're on a four game losing streak. I'm going to my room. I'm watching film, yeah. trying to see which ways I can be better. Yeah. And try to get us out of this slump. And that's the biggest thing for me right now. I'm not. I mean, stuff like that excites me. But I'm more of like a person that's like kind Locked of business in. first. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yo, how does how has Baylor changed the team? Baylor changed the team in a multitude of ways. I, I think I said this at the beginning of the season. Like, Baylor gives us, like, a, a point-forward type of yep. feel. Like, he can sure. get the rebound. He rebounds the ball very well. I mean, he averages, like, almost nine, ten rebounds a game. 
and then he pushes the pushes the pace as soon as he gets the rebound. So I mean, for me and R two to be able to get out and get on those wings and be able to you know play downhill off of him, that's mm -hmm. kind of plays to our advantage. So I mean, and he spreads the floor great. I mean, last year he was like a forty six percent three point shooter, and I feel like the stats will even themselves out as yeah. the season goes. But yeah, I mean, he's a great shooter and he does a lot for us on both ends of the court. Yeah, for sure. What did yeah. Coach Max say after the game? Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> what are you saying? The, uh, he, was just, room. he was just telling us that like. The reason that were that they were in the game was because that we let them. Like it was things that we knew were going to happen. Would they played the way that we knew they were going to play? We had yeah. a great game plan for it. The preparation. We watched the practice. Yeah, yeah. Were, you guys prepared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We said before you came up here, bro. We felt like Mac and the staff did everything that they can do to put you on a position to win. Yeah. So we just kind of felt like it's more so on y'all to kind of work that out amongst yourselves. You as a leader. Yeah. But also as other guys to step up. Um. Nice. The bench. Yep. I, I, you you yeah. see guys slow roasting in practice. You see guys wanting to play. They got that chip and things like that. What do you? What? What do you? What? What? Do you, what's up with the bench? Why do you think the bench hasn't like came had the whole coming out party yet? I mean, you got a few guys, yeah. but uh, I would just for me, I would personally say that like. When guys come off of the bench, it's kind of like in spurts. So I feel like sometimes people get out there and they feel like they can't really get their rhythm. Like they play like two, two and a half yeah, minutes and then that. coming right back out. I mean, and Mac plays his starters a lot because yep. I, feel, I definitely feel like he feels like the starters are like kind of those guys that bring like the energy and things like that. But 100%. I feel, definitely feel like our, our bench is good good enough to compete with a lot of other people's bench. I just feel right. like and throughout the midst of the game, like the starters haven't been playing the way that they need to play for the bench to kind of get yeah, their rhythm and things sure. like that. Yeah. So I really blame yeah. it. I really blame it mostly on the starting five that the bench hasn't really been able to get their rhythm because – That's a way to look at it. Yeah, okay. the, the closer that the game is, I feel like the less that the bench is able to like yeah, get their rhythm. Yeah, you need to put them their, in a position to do their job. Yeah, exactly. Respect. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Alexander joining us here. You get a choice to go a lot of different places. You yeah. chose to come to Omaha from Oklahoma yeah. City. Has it been what you thought it would be? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really came here knowing that it was going to be a lot like a lot of isolation. That's kind of what I liked. I feel like if I would have went to a bigger city or things like that, I would have got a lot more distracting. I wouldn't have kind of put my head down and been able to mm -hmm. just work on my game. And I feel like Omaha has changed my game a lot in terms of being able just to realize how much I need to focus to get to that next level. So, I mean, my freshman year was an eye-opener. And then me being able to just focus and work and work on my game throughout that middle of the summer mm -hmm. uh, definitely changed my game a lot coming into this season. And so now, I mean, it's just in terms of me being in Omaha, like I love the people. They're great people. They always support us everywhere we go. Yeah. Even we were down by 11 with three minutes left. Everybody's still clapping. They're screaming. There's a lot of blue in here tonight. Exactly. Man, bro. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I, re I respect everybody in Omaha. I love the people of Omaha. I mean, all, Omaha is always like a second home to me because of the way that they treat their players and the way that they they treat us like, give us like a celebrity feel in Omaha. For it's sure. great. Yeah. yeah. This is my last question for you. Your boy, Freddie King. All right, cut me off. You lost his mic for a second? I lost my mic. Oh, I'm back, 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 I'm back. back. Yeah, oh, okay. Your boy, Freddie King, you got to start today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did that mean to him from, like, your eyes? And what do you think him starting does for him moving forward? Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody wants to start. And I feel like Freddie is one of those people that, like, when he gets it all together, he's going to be a problem because he's very – Super athletic. He's very like springy. He can finish well around the rim. He does. He blocks shots at a high yeah. level. He does everything like that. But yeah. when Fred is able to like 
you know, know what spots he has to be in on defense yeah. and realize that he's not just going to be able to make up for everything with athleticism. Yeah. Then I feel like Fred's going to be like he's going to be a next level player, and yeah. I feel like this game of him starting is going to be a big confidence boost for him for the next two games. And for I feel sure. like it's going to be one of those things like you know where a player finally gets their rhythm and things like that. I think he'll be able to come big for us down the stretch because of this stretch right here. Man, it sound like he's mimicking us. <laughs> Last question. Um, got to flush this pretty quickly. You yeah. got to come back on Monday and play Arizona State. Yeah. Have you seen anything from them yet, or are you guys gonna be watching tape on them tomorrow? Uh, we're definitely going to be. I'll be, I'll be watching the little. Tonight. Tape on them tonight for mm -hmm. sure. See kind of what their guard play is like and like what they how the, their style of play is, and probably getting with Mac and like having a conversation with him. Because sure. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just trying to get out of this slump. And I feel like when yeah. we get back in that win column, things are going to kind of take off from us. I think that we'll be able to go on a crazy win streak, just in my opinion, mm -hmm. because I feel like when we are able to string it all together and like find that defensive niche, everybody yeah. finally finds that rhythm on offense. I feel like when things get clicking the way that we know how. I feel like we'll be very hard to beat down the stretch, and I feel like a big – I'm just saying it now that I feel like a big yeah. win streak is coming when we go into conference play for sure. All right. Get some rest, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Way to play. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Trey Alexander, Creighton guard, joining us here following Creighton's loss, 83-80. to 80. Uh, Mick Ultra Arena here in Vegas play again on Monday, 6 o'clock start, Vegas time, 8 o'clock start right. um, in Omaha. Um, you got to – I knew you've been a part of, obviously, losses – Mentally, you just got to kind of go, okay, it's over. Yeah, you, literally. I just, I just, it's over. Literally. There's, there's nothing I can do about it. Literally have to I will tell you, fans go. hold on to it more oh my than gosh. you guys hold on to it. <laughs> fans hold on to it, and they're like miserable all night yeah. and all day tomorrow. You guys right. can just turn it off. And the crazy thing is fans see it differently. But look at his temperament, though. Yeah. He's still locked in. He's got to be. Yeah. It, yeah. Do, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter about what actually happened. He put it on his shoulders yeah. and holding himself accountable. He a cool dude, bro. Yeah, he, he took a lot of blame. We, it's the, the bench. Yeah. Not having Ryan Kalkbrenner. Right. Obviously getting Kaluma in foul trouble. turned the game. And rebounded. Yeah, all that turned the game a lot. Uh, last thing before we wrap the whole thing up. The game before this, we talked about it, was Cal State Fulton fell to Southern Utah. In that game... Former Central Eagle, Latrell Reitzel Jr., big game, had 20 points. Uh, led everybody in scoring. Guy, um, fell short, lost yeah. the game, but uh, looked good out there. Yeah, he did. Shout out to Trelly, man. Shout out to his team. Um, mm -hmm. Trelly's one of those guys who he just has a motor. He doesn't stop. He's very aggressive offensively. Oh, yeah. And he does whatever he has to do to make it happen. Yeah. Not, not every guy from Omaha and from Nebraska <laughs> right. has to go to Creighton, Omaha, or Nebraska. But – too many of these guys leaving the state. Man. This dude should be playing at some – he should have been wearing red or blue. Come on, Matt At Rue. a minimum. Come on. Uh, no, no, uh, Fred Hoiberg. Or Hoiberg. Whoever. Somebody. Yeah, needs to, somebody. This guy should have played here. Yeah. And then John Tonji's another guy. We didn't yeah. talk a lot about Colorado John Tonji. He's averaging four and a half, 14 yeah. and a half points. It's another guy that should have been here. Yeah, right. I know not everybody can go, but these are guys that should have been here. St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Chucky Hepburn. We can, yep. we can keep going. Well, Chucky. Could you imagine – we didn't talk about that. Nebraska plays Purdue. Yeah. And they played Purdue. They were down at one point. Talk about 15, it. Talk about it. Came all the way back. Had a chance to take the lead a couple times. Ends up getting it into overtime. There's a play late. Yeah. So Nebraska's down one. It's around midcourt. Obviously, they got a foul because it's yeah. under the shot clock. They go to foul. They don't foul. The guy loses the ball first. Purdue player loses the ball. Nebraska's going to get it. They call the foul anyway. It was one of those where the, the ref anticipated the call. Oh, and blew the whistle. Instead of allowing the wow. call to actually happen. That changed everything. That would have tied the game. Well, they were down one. Oh, Nebraska okay. could have taken the lead. Oh, wow. Okay. They could have gone up one. They okay. could have gone up two at that situation. But instead, 
They go down. Purdue gets the foul call, goes and makes both free throws. Yeah. And then Nebraska misses a three to tie. Yeah. Game ends. But they fought hard. Man. It would have been the first time they beat a top five team since 2011. Wow. So, you know, talking 12 years. Um, yeah. You could have got that done. but Or 10 years. You gotta, 12 years. Yeah, you could have got that done. But 11 years. Add. Um, anyway, so you look, <laughs> you look at the way they played. Yeah. Imagine if Chucky Hepburn was on that team. I'm trying to tell if you, If that man. was their point guard. Man. With the, how hard that Every team Every time plays. I watch him play, I see him in blue. I see him in red. I know. But Nebraska red. Nebraska red. He's, a, you he's, know? So f- he's such a physical player, and that's the team they have now. Yes. When Now, I'll say, when Fred was recruiting, when Chucky was coming out, he was looking for shooters. Yeah. It was a different system right. than he's running now. Now, tough guys. Oh, my God. Get to the free throw line. Play defense. Chucky would have fit in perfectly I mean, he's a floor general. He I is. mean, he would have controlled the offense, controlled the tempo. I know. I, know. The, I mean, it would be totally different. And I watched – I caught some of the game, and I looked at the stats after. And um, is it uh, – I, I, I can't – is it is – is, T.C. Tominaga? Oh, man, off the bench – he was hooping. He was. He was hooping. <laughs> he again led Nebraska in scoring. Hit a big shot at the end of the at the end of the half at yeah. the end of the um, game, and then another big shot in overtime to tie right. the game. So yeah, he played really tough. And to man. be honest, him uh, playing like that thing had nineteen. He mm-hmm. doing what he was doing was uh, him feeding off of Purdue, actually shooting. But they shot uh, pretty. They didn't shoot as well as well as they wanted to shoot today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, and in Nebraska, when I watched them play, they they dang near triple team the the center. They had to. They like the kid seven four before he even caught the ball. He's seven four, and he still had a triple double almost. Derek Walker played as you know, he's given up. Seven inches to this guy. Yeah, he outweighs him probably, right. but he's giving up seven inches. And you right. look at the way the way he played. Some of those stats for the game, uh, rebounding wise, you think that Nebraska would have gotten dominant on the boards because of how big in a lot of places. Yeah, two rebound difference. Two. Purdue had forty six. Nebraska had forty four. And the difference of the game was that call you talked about. That was the difference in it. You, Nebraska would have the ball oh, at midcourt going back the other way. And by the way, they had numbers too. Yeah, they would have had numbers come back the other direction. Yeah, maybe they make the shot. Maybe they don't. They missed yeah. a lot of big shots late, but they had a chance to win the game. You, you got a referee call. You, you got to give credit to Hoiberg and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Those players have automatically. Um, just they came together and they're they buying in. in. They bro, in. they're buying yep. in. Yep. And I think it it helped that they actually beat Creighton. Uh, oh yeah, confidence. you know it, the confidence is just so high. Nebraska and, offensive rebounded them nineteen to fourteen. Man, points in the paint as much as big as Purdue <laughs> is twenty four to twenty two points in the paint. Oh, ridiculous! I mean, they they held their own against one of the best teams in the country. And I know people don't like to do moral victories. I know you don't, everyone. Yeah, but mm-hmm. in the case of that game against the fourth best team in the country, yep. You can go nowhere but up from there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough road in the Big Ten. We know how good the Big we Ten is overall. We know how the Big Ten is tough, man. It's going to be a lot of work for them. Right. But just to play this well, yeah. to be right there, have a chance to win. It had been great to get over the hump, obviously. But this is a team, like you said, they have bought right. in. They really have bought yeah. in. And yeah, and Derek Walker is a leader. I mean, he is. he's a walking double-double. Yeah. Uh, he had the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a part of the Sweet 16 run when he was at um, – uh, where was he at? Uh, I always forget where he goes to school. He was a sophomore uh, in the Sweet 16. Tennessee. Tennessee, thank he you. He went yes. to Tennessee. Yes. Yeah, he was at Tennessee. Oh, yeah, that was a good team. And now, with his his leadership is within his play. He let his game do the talking. Yeah, he 100%. Did. He's such a good player. It was a good uh, game. A couple other things before we go. Yep. Um, one, Larry Asante, former safety yep. for Nebraska. Okay. I love this because at first it felt like maybe not all the former players – 
and folks were in on Matt Rule. Word. But it seems like it's changing. Larry Asante is now an assistant coach at Coffeeville Junior College. Yep, okay. He says, I'm about to go hard for Nebraska football and send all my JUCO athletes that can make immediate impact to Lincoln. Dang. Hashtag GBR, hashtag Coffeeville, hashtag black shirts, all that stuff. The guys are sitting, I think you listen to him talk. Like today uh, during halftime yeah. or um, – Saturday during halftime of the right. game, Matt Rule was introduced to the crowd. Yep. You know, done it before. Let's go, Jays. And that's another thing I was going to say. He had that crowd rocking he against did. Purdue. He did a great job out there. He <laughs> said, this is everything for us. This is this means a lot. Try to get this team back. People buy into what he's saying. And, oh, uh, I should nice. say, let's go Huskers. TBR. <laughs> hashtag yeah, TBR go big they red. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing. Uh, bleed blue, I guess. I, I spent. A full two hours <laughs> watching Creighton soccer yesterday. I don't watch a lot of soccer, but yeah. I watched it. They fought their asses off. Yeah, they end up losing three two. Sure. Um, they had a couple bad breaks, but to go to the things. college cup though, they man. go to the college cup. You're losing the semifinals. Syracuse played. Syracuse one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, uh, number one seed. And it, they you know, it, it used, what usually happens is when you lose to an elite team like that, they go on to win it all. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah, and at I would all. actually feel better about it. I hope I hope if, it is Syracuse. I hope they I hope it is hope Syracuse, Syracuse for sure. I hope it is. But great fight. Props to, to Jay's yep. soccer, Johnny Torres and all those guys of everything they did because it's to get to this point from what people expected of them yeah. uh, is incredible. And also, uh, Heisman Trophy, congratulations uh, to Caleb Williams at yeah. USC. I USC, voted, I voted for Max Duggan. Yeah. That's who I voted but we for. Gotta figure, though. I'm a huge Max Duggan yeah, fan. Yeah. Uh, but Caleb Williams, 68% of USC's offense. I mean, but talk over 4,000 total yards. Yeah. Um, Fell short at the end. Right. Those other three guys, yeah. they're all in the college football yeah, playoff. Exactly. He's the only, the only one, one not, not yeah, but he gets the Heisman exactly, Trophy. So, yeah. we'll Would you back. rather have a Heisman? Or what? I'd rather win a national championship. A Heisman changes you so much so, it changes your actual name. You go from being Eric Crouch to Heisman Trophy, Trophy winner, winner Eric, Eric Crouch. Crouch. Okay. Okay? So it changed yeah. you. But you can never replace a national championship. Amen. And yeah. I'd take a national championship you over know, a Heisman Trophy you, any day. With you know Carmelo Anthony wanted the, wanted the ring and I wanted the points and the money versus a ring with LeBron. But he got that freshman title at Syracuse. Go Orange, baby. <laughs> he got that. There's no doubt about that. I grew up a Syracuse fan. Yeah, so, man. Uh, we'll be back with yep. a pregame show on Monday. Game starts at 6 here locally, 8 yep. o'clock in Omaha. 90 minutes before the game is when we'll come on. We're going to have Mike Miller on. Can't Mike wait, Miller, man. the man behind Let It Fly Can't Sports wait. Bar. We'll Legend. chat with Matt Miller. Two, Mike Miller, two back world championships. Yep. LeBron this is James. Played always, have a yep. hell of a career. Played at Florida. One of the greatest shooters to play in the NBA. Certainly definitely one of the best from South Dakota. I'm trying no to tell you. About that. So catch us 90 minutes before the Creighton game on Monday. And we'll have a bunch to talk about from the weekend, of course. Yep. Hey. When you see me, say what's up out there, Let It Fly fans. Man, we love you. I'm Michael Severe. He's Josh Jones. We'll be back more Let It Fly show brought to you by Omaha Steaks and Let It Fly Sports Bar opening up Memorial Day weekend in the Capitol District. We're back on Monday.